Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet before we Oh, listen, Laverne, you shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You found the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you right here. If you missed the first hour, you missed a lot. Malcolm Reed made his appearance at 914, and we talked about how he's going to be going on a fishing trip tomorrow with his wife and his son, Michael. Both Rochelle and Michael had a a terrible bout of seasickness last year, but they are pushing it aside and going out anyway. By the way, last month when Malcolm didn't show up, he was on his own fishing trip, and he also got seasick. All of them exhibiting testicular fortitude by jumping on that charter tomorrow. And as he had mentioned, the forecast isn't that great. So we'll have to see how it works out. Interested in that? Catch up in August when Malcolm Reed comes back on. Also, we talked with Mike McLeod from the World Food Championship. So we talked about where the final table is going to land, which is going to be August. That's taking place in Indianapolis at some uh, community college, uh, culinary community college. And it's uh, three different cooking challenges this year. So that's going to be interesting to see. You know, there's always a new wrinkle or something new added. At some point, they'll have like everything dialed in, and then that will be the recipe. So uh, it's not this year. Something new added. So we'll see how it unfolds in August. And then at this stage, the 2020 World Food Championships is taking part. That's going to be in November. I know right now as we sit towards the beginning of July, it's uh, you know three and a half months away. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Jack Daniels has canceled. Memphis and May canceled. The American Royal is still set to go on. So there are some events, as Mike's event is, that is uh, continuing to make plans to push forward, and then we'll see how it actually shakes out. Don't forget... That Sam the Cooking Guy is coming up in about five minutes. You can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the BBQ Central Show in 10 minutes or less, episode 132, taking you back to July 10th, 2012. Longtime sponsor of the show, Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, was my guest at that show, and we went in-depth on how to win a barbecue competition. So if you have been inspired or motivated by any of the folks that I've had on here the last few weeks and decided that you want to throw your hat into the competition foray, then this is a show you're going to want to check out. This show particularly has what we call evergreen content. So even though it's eight years old at the moment, there's a lot of practices that you can implement today and it will help you be a more prepared competition cook. By the way, in case you don't know who Dave Bosca is, he's won many grand championships. 
many reserve grand championships. That's second place, if you're unfamiliar with the nomenclature or the acronyms over the years. And he also has a world title underneath his belt. You ever heard of the Jack Daniels? Yeah. The same year that he won the Jack, he reserved the American Royal. So he knows a little bit about winning. This isn't coming from some kook just giving his two bits of advice. It's a savvy and successful vet who has done the hard work and knows what he's talking about. Oh, by the way, he happens to be a hugely successful business person in the world of barbecue with the rubs and the sauces and everything I mentioned before we get to the first interview segment in the first hour. That's ButcherBBQ.com. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. So if you miss a live show, you get hour number one on Wednesday, hour number two on Thursday, and then the best of show on Friday. That's the way you do it. But I encourage you, right? Make sure that once in your life, before you call it a life, that you get on board, you clear room on a Tuesday from 9 to 11 Eastern, and you tune in and check it out on Facebook or you go to tunein.com or whatever the hell it is. The easiest way is just go to my website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and then at the very top, there's two big buttons that says live audio stream. And if you click on that, do it on your phone. Don't do it on the computer because for some reason it doesn't work on the computer and it's highly annoying, like highly annoying. But it works on your phone, and most people are using their phone anyway, so long way of saying just do it on your phone. And then you can listen to the show like a, a radio show. You don't have to look... You don't have to look at any, you don't have to look at me, you don't have to look at the guests, you don't have to look at anything. You're just listening to the show and playing it out in your mind. That's my favorite way to listen to it. Uh, alternatively, you can show up and watch the live video feed on Facebook. That's fine. And uh, yeah, it's super fun and exciting and all that stuff. But I, I would beg of you once to uh, find your time on a Tuesday to take in the show live. And uh, I would consider it a personal favor. Live is so much more exciting. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? It's a live podcast. I mean, I did it live, but it's already done. You see what I'm saying? This is a live show that eventually becomes a podcast. This is what I'm trying to say. Sam the Cooking Guy is coming up in just a second. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention anyone who loves barbecue and sausage. Established in 1882. The oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, which is coarse ground and a natural pork casing. They have authentic central Texas barbecue meats as well. All of the meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. And they're shipping nationwide via the online store at southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note to your loved ones and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the end user. All those meats are processed right there in that on-site USDA inspected facility. They have three restaurants. I didn't know specifically last week. It is three. Elgin, Texas since 1882. Bastrop since 2014, and there is also one in Austin, Texas as well. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the best part. If you go to southsidemarket.com and you shop and you shop and you shop and you fill that card up, you want to take 10% off that order. Of course you do. Use promo code BBQ Central. One word, lowercase, all together, BBQ 
Central, and you get 10% off the entire order. And then after you do that tomorrow, you go back to southsidemarket.com on Thursday, you get the same discount all over again. It's not one-time use or your first, none of that. Every time, all the time. 10% promo code BBQ Central when you visit southsidemarket.com. Boy, oh boy, Sam the Cooking Guy is coming up next, and I'm excited. Are you excited? I know I am. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasts of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondents. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. That's right. Welcome back. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker. The most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes, but there's going to be three at some point this year. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to that arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them that the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My next guest blows it up all over the YouTubes with over 2 million subscribers that eagerly watches cooking videos. He does cooking classes. He's written books. The bevy of Emmys that we mention here in the intro every month and travels the world when he can. But most importantly, shows up on this show once a month. We race to the hotline and welcome back Sam the Cooking Guy. Hey, Sam. What's up, buddy? Well, I'm happy to see you. Everybody that is my first Tuesday regular has reconvened. and I was roundly dismissed in June, but in July we are back and better than ever. We had Malcolm Reed in the first hour, who is ever so close. I mean, he's literally 7,000 subscribers away from reaching his million plateau, which is, uh, I mean, you know, think about all the way back when, Sam, when you were getting ready to approach a million YouTube subscribers. And I remember kind of seeing it live as it was crossing that threshold. I mean, that was a very exciting moment for you, wasn't it? It was ridiculously exciting. It really was. And I guess it's, it's, um, it's a big number uh, to start with. But it's this yeah. validation that people... People have have liked it and have, and bought into it and appreciated it enough that they hit that button to say I, I want to subscribe and support and um, it, it's a it's just look I I run into people all the time that say that they now cook because of watching me and I say you know that was my goal. I had no other. Well, I wanted to make money because I had no job at the time. But, yeah. So that was that was important. Even though uh, it took me really a few years before I started making money in cooking, but the fact that people watch uh, and and see stuff that they think they can do and then they do it. I ran into a woman in the supermarket today shooting for our, our shoot today, and she goes, "I'm making your your uh, tri tip steak salad that I oh. just saw the other day." Yeah. I was, it made me so. It, made, it makes me feel so good. It really does. Does it make you feel good that people notice you? Just in general, is that good or is that weird? Sometimes. Uh, I think sometimes it's weird, but in general, it doesn't bother me because to me, um, 
it's all about them. Look, the people in the restaurants uh, know um, when somebody comes in and says, uh, Sam here, do you think he'd take a picture or can I say hello? They all go, he'd be happy to do any of that. I look at every one of those people, Greg, like they're the people that make me successful. They are my customers. And if that's not happening, if people aren't coming up saying, hey, I'm a fan, thank you, and, and all that stuff, then nothing works. There was this movie, I do not remember what it was, but Sally Field played this aging uh, uh, soap opera star. Kind of Susan Lucci-esque, if you follow any of that stuff, and I don't. But whenever this aging soap opera star found herself getting depressed, her assistant would say, let's go to the mall. Mm. And somewhere in the mall, the assistant, I can't remember, the, I don't remember what her, her character's name was. Let's call her Susan Smith. The assistant from about 20 feet away would point and scream, oh my God, Susan Smith. And she'd be crushed in a throng of, adoring fans <laughs> and it would lift her spirits and she would go away huh. look there is no doubt that that 5 10 15 20 one person coming up and saying you've changed the way i cook i have more confidence in the kitchen now you make me feel like it's okay to make mistakes that feels damn good greg it really does and not just the ego part but the part that i set out to do to get people to watch something on tv now on on the internet and and say shit that looks good but it also looks doable and i'm imagining that they're going and if that fucking idiot can make it i'm sure i can and that's all that matters it's all that matters well i think i'm a teacher i think when you watch your videos and a lot of the audience has either come from you and has uh, adopted me or vice versa there there isn't yeah. anything Every once in a while, uh, but I can sit here and, and point out something specific. But as you're watching it, there, there isn't anything that you're doing that seems to be uh, overly chefy or overly technical to where you would say, you know, it all looks great, but I'm not going to do that recipe because of those three or four things that he did, and I'm not willing to take that risk. Uh, everything is more than approachable, and uh, what you do, uh, I guess when I watch it because I'm a fan, I always go, yeah, I think I can do that too. Not that I can do it better or he's better than me. It's just that I think I can do that no, too. But, but but there shouldn't be any of that. There should right. just be I can do that too. And certainly that was the entire goal. Look, I know there's chefs in San Diego and, and maybe elsewhere that think I'm just a fucking douchebag. Because they're, and, and because they're jealous? I, I think that at the heart, it's probably what it is. Yeah. He has Emmys. He's got a big YouTube following. He's got cookbooks, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, and maybe they look at me like I'm trying to take people out of their restaurants. And I'm not. People are not going to stop going to restaurants. But people do need to pick up their game at home. Yeah. And that's where I think I, I, I fill the gap. And the fact that I never went to culinary school uh, is, is I now know. 100% is a huge asset because having not gone, I don't have that culinary school vocabulary or technique in my pocket to pull out. Yes, I, I can use a knife reasonably well, now certainly better than when I started, 
But you do anything long enough and, and you, you can do it well. But I'm not going to turn to technique or product or I'm never going to do anything. I should never say never, but the likelihood of me doing something with foie gras and truffles is probably not going to happen. There's a reason you go to restaurants and you go to restaurants for the things you can't make, don't know how to make, or maybe even just don't want to make. I can make a burger. Sometimes it's nice to go out for a burger. Yeah. But people should cook better at home. And I like to think of myself as filling that void between a lot of what's on television or YouTube and, and regular everyday people. So obviously that is translating into success. You have uh, recently crossed over the 2 million subscriber mark. So, you know, as crazy as it was to get to the million and talk about that, I mean, it seems like that was literally like weeks ago and all of a sudden, bam, we're at 2 million. At what yeah. point did you see from the million to two that the gap was going to get closed much quicker hitting this threshold than there was getting to that first million? Well, the first million was weird because we've been on um, YouTube for, I don't know, like seven years. Yeah. It may, uh, may of 2018, we had 30,000 subscribers. And I don't want to call that nothing. But it wasn't much then. Felt good. But from May of 2018 to August of 2019, we gained 1,970,000 subscribers. Yeah. Almost. Sorry. Uh, 970,000 subscribers. Almost a million in, in less than a in a little more than a year. But we hit that next million mark. Uh, in so the first uh, 13 months and then in like eight nine months wow it's crazy it's crazy it really is i'm so appreciative i'm so thankful that's why when anybody comes up i'm happy to sit and talk and and whatever answer their questions as best as i can i don't know any youtube metrics or how to track any of that crap but i'm sure uh max yeah. and yourself have uh i mean you're either in depth into that or you have professionals that can view that so as you project out I mean, at some point, do you think you plane or plateau at subscribers? Or, I mean, will it just, just keep going and going? And all of a sudden, you know, five years from now, we're going to be talking about how Sam just crossed over the 100 million subscriber mark. There's a website called socialblade.com. Yeah. Yep. And Social Blade will project out your uh, where you are. It shows you subscribers now what they think it'll be next month a year from now two years from now that kind of thing i don't look very far down the road because one uh uh poorly worded tweets one politically incorrect comments in an episode look you both you and i are, are fans of howard stern and one of the things that he says all the time uh when people say stupid shit on on uh, the radio or whatever it's like, I'm trying to fill three, four hours a day. I'm just sitting and I'm talking and sometimes things come out. Just, they just come up. God knows what I could do. I'm look, I don't want to jinx anything, Greg. Yeah, I really don't. I'm just happy that it's moving in this uh, upward direction. That makes me, that makes me happy. Sam, the cooking guy joining us here on the show, the cookingguy.com, his website. And obviously, uh, most of you are probably already subscribed to the YouTube channel. But if you're not, go ahead over there and subscribe and see what cool cooking is all about. 
to celebrate. And this is why I love, love, love you and the show and you know what it has turned into. You celebrate with a 20-pound cheeseburger cook. Not a singular burger, but they were uh, a four independent five-pound burgers, which is an incredible feat. So at what point in getting towards two million are you talking about what the victory cook is going to be and, and how does a 20 pound cheeseburger take the cake? Max said we should do something <laughs> big, like literally big food wise yeah. for, for 2 million. When we hit a million, we had a, uh, a contest to bring uh, a viewer, a fan, a subscriber right. or two to San Diego. And we chose, uh, these two great, really fun guys from New Zealand. We brought them from New Zealand. You can't do that right now. We can't bring anybody anywhere. We can't go anywhere. And I'm in California and New York and Connecticut. New Jersey don't want us. Europe doesn't want us. So, right. so we said, that's not going to work. What are we going to do? Max goes, let's do something big. I go, okay, what? He goes, let's make a 20-pound hamburger. Just pulls that number out of thin air. Right out, right out of his ass. Well, <laughs> two million is two and then zeros. So he goes twenty pound hamburger, <laughs> and maybe three million is a thirty pound hamburger. I go, can we just stick with the two and the twenty for now? He <laughs> yeah. goes, yeah. I go, okay. All right, I'm in. And I don't know what to do, but I do know that making a twenty pound hamburger. In a single patty, it's going to be a lot of oven time and searing first and then in and like a giant fucking reverse sear. Well, but I don't. That's, uh, no, I, that's I, no fun. I don't purport that you are a huge fan of my archived work, but there is a guy who you may or may not be familiar with. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and broad stroke that all Canadians know all Canadians, but there's a guy by the name of Ted Reader out of the uh, Toronto area who was a well-known live fire guy, been a, a barbecue and grilling guy forever, multiple-time cookbook author, does a lot of special appearances, was on the show last week, uh, or two weeks ago, actually. I think he did a, a world record 700-pound singular hamburger. 700-pound. Now, the folks at Napoleon Grills and him teamed up and built a special cooker, and it was all done on charcoal, and they bake this special seven but yes it was a one patty in this huge bun that they had specially made uh, i think if you youtube it, um, it it would get pulled up at some point but uh, that's easily the singular biggest burger i've ever seen but you know short of that going into uh, individual burgers to compile 20 pounds i mean yours has to be right up there there's got to be a lot of shit between 20 pounds and 700 pounds but it was an undertaking and my original idea was that I could make four five-pound patties and fit them all on my my uh, gas grill at the same time. Yeah, which which didn't work. <laughs> the, the I used this twelve-inch cake pan that I made my bun in. Yes, and I didn't take the time to show the bun, but but I made my own freaking bun you did, and yeah. that I modeled the burger patties five pounds at a time in that same pan and they just all wouldn't fit. So I originally said, I'm going to cook all four of them two at a time on the grill. And then I had this, this unfortunate moment when 
that one on the right uh, oh, took oh, a oh. terrible we're, dump we're gonna we're gonna see it right when here. I flipped it we're gonna see oh, it God. right yeah so here's the one that, as we're viewing on the right um, so you're going at it with yeah, water which of course is a terrible and, idea and, but that's fine and by, but like by the way my grill was horribly dirty and grease fire <laughs> ensued and then the next episode too so so then when this thing opens up I go I gotta, I gotta flip this so let's see if I can do it yeah so you're you're getting after it with like some pretty big flat tops, but then you take a pizza peel. And yeah, what else could I do? I don't know. And there's fire. The about, they, your hand has to be the, burning here, right? I mean, the second they hit the grill, I knew the this was a bad idea. Yeah. But I had no way out of it. And then and then this happened. Right so, at this moment, I'm feeling okay. And then it's time to flip it. I'm like, okay, well. You know what? Actually, I think I can do this. Yes, it's on the pizza peel. Yep, it's all right. Here We're okay we now. It's just an easy flip, and then I'm fine. Here and we go. Then boom! This. Oh, it caves in on itself. It never, I, I it never flipped. I could have gone up and it never flipped. It just rolled on top of itself. No, that's not true. Three quarters of it flipped. Well, I guess you're right. Yeah, I see that. And now it's a quarter and of it is laying on top. Fun. Oh, yeah, because. I, I knew as soon as it hit, as soon as it flipped or attempted oh to flip, and it landed the way it did, it was like, uh, oh my honestly, god, there's going to be fire no all over. There's going to be fire all over the place. And look at it; it's just burning and burning. And I mean, how are you possibly going to get it? To, but to your credit, and we'll get to the bigger credit here in a second. But you, you somehow yeah. reassemble this burger on the fly, and it does make go. its way into. The, the presenting patty at the end. I mean, you did a pretty good puzzle job here. Well, uh, yeah, that was the bottom patty of four, <laughs> uh, covered with cheese that made up for a lot of <laughs> barbecue indiscretions. Look I at might the add. fire going on. <laughs> I know. Look, insane. it wouldn't happen today. I've cleaned that thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're, I mean, the other burger is starting to flame too, but I, I mean, there has, this was 80 20 beef, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, the, it's the only thing I buy. Yeah, the lid is off. It's in a render oh, stage. It's five God. pounds. You were going to have fire, whether that thing was pristine, clean, no, I or not. It, look, look let, just let me do a little public service thing right now to your yeah. audience. Oh, look clean at your that fucking thing. grills, Holy ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Please clean your grills. You have to. <sighs> look at that. You have wow. to. Wow, we. That Can is you unbelievable. This? It is. It is just. Is is Max? Got a stationary camera or something, or is he just hovering over oh there eating it? God, no! It, this is like what was that movie Backdraft? It's like yeah. it's like the hamburger movie, the hamburger version of the movie Backdraft. No doubt. Wow, we all right. Let's cut out of that. That is insane. I'm okay, glad I. I'm glad I was able to to pull that up. Um, no, thank you. So here's what if, I like. Yeah, go ahead. Here's what I like. In every other cooking show ever that is on television, uh, and perhaps if they're feeling themselves on the internet and don't want to look bad, whatever that means, that would get edited out. They would make another five-pound burger, and they would put it on. They would have learned from that mistake, and they would have started over again. But I think what – so to me, what endears me or what, what endears me to you the most is that for how many months in a row have you really not effed anything up? They've all been – you know, fairly, perfectly executed stuff. They look good, blah, blah, blah. And then stuff normally works. You get to the pinnacle moment 
a a a watershed <laughs> moment of two million subscribers and this big cook and it's going to be great, and it completely takes a shit on the grill and you leave it in there and you work with it and you bring it back together and it finishes and the fact that you leave it in there and you're showing that you make mistakes just like everybody else does and not only that that you can actually rescue the mistake and still make it happen in the end presentation is why Look, the show is so good i read an article about rachel ray in her beginning days on the food network and one of her very first shoots she cut herself like fairly badly yeah they stopped the tape they uh they fixed the finger crazy glue and makeup, whatever, to make it look fine. And then they they uh, started to the shoot again from before the moment she cut herself. Oh. Like it never happened. But it did happen. And for me, a hallmark of my show has always been what happens when we're shooting ends up in the show. I shot it when I had a like a regular on TV show. I was cooking this halibut once and cutting peppers for it. I, I cut the tip of my finger off. And, and yes, I could have stopped it, tried to fix it, and pretended like it didn't happen, but we left it in. The crew, three people, called it finger halibut from that <laughs> day forward. But I did... I did I spent like the first couple minutes after that with a wadded up paper towel in my hand because the, the, the bleeding would not stop. And I didn't show blood because I understand that that's disgusting. And I didn't show my finger because I understand it's cooking and that's disgusting. That being said, we left all of that uh, drama in like we always do. But in the very beginning, when I would be shooting something here, the camera's looking at me, and, and a, a producer or somebody's phone would go off behind the camera, I would call them out, and that would be left in. I'd say, I'm working, and your phone is going off. There's this thing called the fourth wall. When you're looking at a television or a computer screen, there's the side, the back. The fourth wall is the one between you and the people, and that presumably is never broken. You don't give away anything on the other side of that. You don't refer to anything on the other side of that, but shit happens. And the Food Network is so so pristine. They're yeah. so perfect. Everything is, is, is a one. Nothing go, ever goes wrong in the Food Network. And that bothers me, and that's not real life. And I think... People like what I do because my shit is real life. And sometimes you get burnt or cut or whatever. This, I cut, I burn myself all the time. This part of my arm, tons of here, here, here. It just happens. But people don't show it. And I'm like, why not? So I think that's the thing that people go, the guy's an idiot, but the shit works out. We could probably do that, honey. Come on, let's go make that. And and maybe not a twenty pound burger, but yeah, I mean that's a little over the top. But I, I and I agree. I think you know when you were doing the same live cast years ago, uh, one of those yeah. shows that stuck out to me. You cut yourself really bad, and oh. you you know I remember 
the camera guy coming over to the sink and you're like washing it off and you can't really see what happens and you pull your finger out from underneath the water and give it a little press and all of a sudden it's and everybody's freaking out yeah. and it was a pretty uh, bad disgusting. cut and you continue along with yeah. it and as you said that's like the hallmark of um, what you were doing back then it continues on now so the fact that you left that burger flip in and uh, and you're able to recover was uh, absolutely fabulous can you show do you have a picture can, you want me to find the picture of the finished burger uh, i got it of course okay i mean i think the people should at least see yeah so here you Look, are so finishing it you have ton of bacon. four burgers with cheese you have a whole bunch of four, bacon you have the onions and look and at that bun. Yeah, onions, peppers. Well, onions and mushrooms on top. Yeah. And then you have that uh, special bun that you have. I mean, look at that thing. Crazy. My brioche. That's real life. That's nothing. Look how big that dumb thing is. <laughs> That's huge. I kept thinking, how are you going to even eat that? Like, were you going to. I was hoping for some reason you were actually going to try and, like, pick it up and jam your face in it, like epic mealtime kind of stuff, but. No, not doable. Yeah, it was, it was very big. So let's see. Yeah. Uh, you go and you're cutting it, and here you go. There's the, the cut bite. a wedge. Yeah, cut a wedge and, like a but cake. You can see, but but you can see pink in there. Like those the patties were at. Look at yes, they're actually cooked pretty good. Yes, no, they're cooked very. They're very well. good. Yeah, for for yeah. how it looked, or or for what it potentially <laughs> could have ended up like. And how it actually the ends up is is crazy. It's, it's insane for the for the show that it was. Yes, it was great. So it, it was delicious. Yeah. Well, as long as it's delicious, that's the best part. And uh, recovery right. and leaving it all in. It's 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 just a. It was a great two million show. Like that's a show that I will never forget. Aside from the fact that it's celebrating two million, it's just one of those. I say to, it's great. I say to people all the time. Look, the worst thing that happened. When you f up something that you're cooking, is you eat it, right? You're not not going to eat it, am I right? You make some ribs. You're by the way, your ribs on July Fourth. Those should go in the Smithsonian. <laughs> they were they were so beautiful. Oh, they were they were good too. By the way, they were really. Good. Uh, they were so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. All right, uh, let me put you on hold here for just for one second, and we'll come back. And I want to talk to you about avocados, if we could. One of really? avocados are yeah, avocados. Yeah. You like avocados? Do I? Yeah, love them. All right, we'll uh, we'll come back and talk a little avocado here in a second. We're talking with Sam, the Cooking Guy, thecookingguy.com, his website, and you can find him over on YouTube. I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. So if you have a ceramic cooker or a bullet-style smoker, kettle cooker, or something that you want automatic draft control with, head on over to the website, bbqguru.com. Take a look at the products that they have. The two newest ones are the Ultra-Q and the Dyna-Q. The Dyna-Q is replacing the Party-Q unit, so if you're looking for that or somebody has recommended that portion for you, the Dyna-Q is the one that is replacing the Party-Q. Ultra-Q is the most elite, technologically advanced controller that they have right now. So depending on your tech and budget and all that stuff, that might be the one that you might want to consider going forward. In any event, if you have questions about what to order or questions about the grill that you're going to be putting it on, give them a call at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they'll make sure that you have all the questions answered. So when the box arrives, you can get up and running right away. 
Now, if you're looking for a cooker, especially a ceramic cooker, they have one called the Monolith that has a built-in power draft fan already in it. So if you have a Guru controller, you're not looking to upgrade or get a new one. You can just take that controller, hook it right up to the power draft fan, and away you go. BBQGuru.com is the website. 800-288-GURU is the phone number. And the Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with more Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Throughout the grilling season, you can get recipes and tips and tricks from world champ pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Childs Cridlin. Mouthwatering flavor and no artificial ingredients. Smithfield's promise to you, quite simply, some of the fresh pork money can buy. Trusted choice of world championship pat, uh, world championship pitmasters for use in competitions and at home. So be on the lookout. You can get it at Walmart, actually. Pretty big fan of Smithfield over there. Sam's back with me. Thank you for hanging with me through the break there. So I by the way, yeah. I don't I don't know that I've cooked as much Smithfield as you have, but I have cooked a shit ton of their stuff. It's uh so the you know the the thing that I found most interesting is I don't know it was like two or three years ago they came out with a line of called the extra tender. And when you look at the packaging, especially on the ribs, uh they were enhanced or injected or whatever you want to go. So there was a lot of general poo-pooing going along the lines there yeah. because it was you can see that injected right. or enhanced or whatever and uh, somebody i think it might have been uh sterling ball over at uh, big papa smokers uh, signed on with them to be an ambassador started using extra tenders and competition circuit started winning with them a lot and then all of a sudden everybody was clamoring for extra tenders and everybody was using extra tenders so it's always funny to see where the initial concept and thought is and then once it's rubber meeting the road uh, all of a sudden everybody falls in line and you know they've started to kind of move out the extra tenders and now everybody wants to know where they're going you know it was like the hottest thing ever (laughs) what can i tell you yeah so i wanted to talk to you as we were uh doing the break there teasing avocados are you really the avocado university Look, I went to um, – let me take that back. I shot an, uh, a, a, a video for – and I, I'm embarrassed to say now I can't remember which – it was not Haas Avocados. It was, it was like a, a, a maker of avocados? A yeah. harvester yeah, or whatever? yeah, yeah. Shit. It may have been like an avocado. I think it was like an avocado board. Avocado Coalition to, I, I, for I, I, America. I'm not, I'm not being flip about this, honestly. Uh, but I ha- I did smoke an awful lot of weed when I was younger, and did. We, uh, we've been over this yes, already. Cocaine, <laughs> cocaine, like you mentioned in your tease of today's episode. You read it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like a. 
I don't feel like a bad person because of it. Though, I know. Greg. Who cares? I mean, you live life way better than me. I'm scared. I live scared. So I can't remember who it was. It was some avocado board. And we took over a smallish supermarket from like 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. And I taught how to how to uh, you know choose a proper avocado, how to look at them, what to do with them, that kind of stuff. All right. Well, and so I now have a very good handle on choosing an avocado, and I don't I don't f up very often. How I really do, don't. How do you pick a great avocado from? So here's what I. I mean, before I ask the question, Keep let me going. tell you this. I got to grab one. Hold on. Keep going. Here's what I find. I go to any store, whether it's the Giant Eagle over here, which is the big grocery store. We have a little independent up the street for me. And they'll have a fairly large number of avocados. But by and large, they all seem to be rock hard. And I don't know where, when they start to get yielding, through the various levels of yield at that point, where the great avocado starts and where it starts to then diminish on the yielding scale. So from a, a potential landscape of not-so-great avocados, how do you find a great avocado? Or what makes a great avocado? So what's interesting is a lot of supermarkets put that little sticker on here that says, right. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, from my own personal experience, ripe on an avo- a ripe sticker on an avocado, it's it's put on too late. Oh, you buy that and you take it home, unless you're using it right that minute, you're going to be screwed. So here's the deal with an avocado: you take it, look if it's bright green, you have no chance. It's it's going to be like a rock inside, and you can't you can't eat it. You need a dark dark color like this mm-hmm. that that makes sense. I mean, this is this is what you're looking for. But the key is is you take your hand, you put the avocado in it. And I'm going to try and do this sideways. I think you don't want to push your fingers tip. You don't want your tips going into it you don't want the tip going in ripeness you don't want the tip going in in this case great got it the pads of your fingers right right here the pads you're going to push gently and if it yields gently if you just feel a, a little tiny bit of push down to it yeah it's probably right if you're at the store buying avocados today is is tuesday if you're buying avocados for friday and it's a rock-hard avocado, you're probably fine. Bring it home. Leave it on the counter. Don't put it in the fridge. That will stop its ripening. Can you but put you it in a... This. Do you put it in like a brown bag to ripen it faster like you do with some other no, fruit I or just, no? Fuck, I just, no, I just leave it on the counter. All right. I don't, know about the, I don't know about the bag thing. I don't know if the bag thing does anything. I'm sure the people that sell the bags believe it does something, but... I'm a I'm less is more. If I buy an avocado today that I want four days from now, oh we'll buy a hard one, I'll leave it out and I know it will ripen fine. But just this gentle pressure, and it's very hard to show this. But you don't want to use that part of your finger. You want to use the pads. Okay. And if you feel if you feel it start to squish down just a little bit. 
you should take that one and that one will be right for you right now. If you gently push and your finger goes in a half an inch, leave that shit on the shelf, oh. my friends, because that's going to be a gross, probably brown ah, inside yes. avocado. When I go to the store, yeah, as I had mentioned, there's, uh, let's say, 95% rock-hard avocados, maybe 5% yielding ones. So if I don't, yeah. if I don't need them right now, uh, a lot. Hmm. What's the better question here? You're buying. If you need one for tonight, then you're gonna have to do the digging to find the gently yielding one with the pads of your finger. Otherwise, yes. if they're yes. all rock yes. hard, you're days away from actually being able to use one. Like, is is there a significant taste difference on one that's light yes. green? It's like yes. not good. Yes. There is no taste. Oh, that's the thing. There's no taste. It's just, uh, I, I mean, it may be avocado reminiscent, but it won't be good. It won't be anything you want. Hmm. It'll look okay, maybe. You pass it off if it was a photograph, but when it comes to eating, no, that's not going to work. All right, my daughter Bobby is. And the- you, but the wait, the biggest yeah. problem is you cannot count necessarily on the people that are in the produce department because they don't really know. Yeah. They could have been in like the pharmacy the day before or bread two hours before. And Johnny from produce doesn't show up and they're like, Alan, you're now in uh, produce. And they haven't taken the same, the cooking guy, avocado university no, curriculum. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Of course not. No. All right, uh, my daughter Bobby might be the biggest avocado fan, and she has told me that if you split an avocado and you yep. store the side with the seed still in it or the pit or whatever the hell it's called, it will not turn brown. True or false? Uh, that's not true. It's not a hundred percent true, and I'm not calling your daughter a liar. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, just trying saying, to get the saying, right look answer. Me, look at me. Look at me. You cut this avocado in half this way, yeah. the knife, and you split it. Yeah. One half is going to have no seed and one half will have a seed. Right. You store those two things in the fridge. Yes. Whether they're wrapped up or not wrapped up. Yes, the one without the seed is going to go faster. But the one with the seed is still going to go there's no guarantee that the seeded side is living for three or four weeks. That's so not happening. Is it because there's just more surface area exposed on the seed less side? Like it's all naked I, I, and I hanging think, out there? I think I think that's partially it. I wanted to use an analogy about like a ribeye on the bone and not on the bone, but you and I will get in a fight about that because apparently you've got some major beef industry intel that says it's all a fucking scam and well, what, bullshit. What's so. the... Well, now you gotta give me the... Now you gotta give me it. What is it? You know how people say that that that, that meat cooked with a bone yes. is better than meat cooked without a bone? Don't, don't play dumb with me. <laughs> and this is this little thing that you alluded to today that happens with you and me yes there's an agenda for me and sam to talk 
but it seldom goes that way because we tangent outside of the topics so very often. Well, I think what you're referring to is like a meat that's closer to the, the closer to the bone, the sweeter the meat. Yeah, I don't right. know if it's sweeter. By the way, I now have two assholes because you ripped me a new one so badly once before <laughs> over this dumb argument. Uh, all right. Well, w- then we won't get into it again. But uh, you know what? 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 One needs to. So all you need to remember is that the bone is a barrier to heat. So the meat that's closer to that bone inherently isn't going to cook as much as the bone that's or the meat that's farther away from the bone. Like we can agree on that. Less right? Why is that a problem? Why do you have a problem with that? I don't have a problem with that, but I have a problem Dude, with you yelled at me one day for like twenty minutes about yes. that shit. Yeah, well, you need to go back and watch your video and see what you said. That's what needs what to happen. Yeah. Once so. again, let me go back to the Howard Stern model. <laughs> I'm just trying to fill time there, Bucky. Yes. Well, but and you, I don't know. Well, you know damn well that you have people watching the show that are just waiting to bust balls, like the guy that told you you didn't know how to use a sharpening stone. Like he's that guy is Mister Knife Sharpener. I and, I don't know how to use it, but it doesn't matter. I admitted I don't know how to use it. I didn't go to culinary school. Nobody shot, taught me how to use a. It doesn't matter if you're on a video. It, there's no hearing. Here's what I have. Here's what I have come to learn doing this show. Let me pass my knowledge on to you. Go ahead. With two million it, YouTube it. subscribers. It doesn't matter what you say. The the thing that separates me from most human beings on the face of this earth, and perhaps you as well, yes. what separates you. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's two words. Active listening. Not act of. Active listening. Which means I get what you're saying. Yes, which means I hear what people are saying. But for us, we're doing a show. So we have a certain portion of our audience base that is watching to catch us. So they're not really listening. For instance, I was going to talk about this on the show, but I, I ended up talking about low hanging scrotums instead. I got <laughs> I got no less than thirty eight emails over the course of the week that said something to the effect of why do you hate Guy Fieri? Now, those people were not actively listening to what I said last I, week. I agree with you. Which was naming, renaming Columbus, Ohio, Flavortown. Okay, and By the way, I listened to all that. Yeah. I'm a thousand percent on your side. Yeah. I, again. Please tell me that's not going to happen. No, of course not. It's totally ridiculous. I mean, there, there's there's way better names to rename Columbus if you're going to do that. And you can't do Flavortown because what did I say at the end of the rant? You can't rename Columbus Flavortown because Guy Fieri is mayor of Flavortown. So if you rename Columbus Flavortown, Andrew Ginther is going to now be the mayor of Flavortown because he's currently the mayor of Columbus. So that can never that will just never happen. Like it just never happened. I please I hope. However, it's it, not that I have anything against Guy Fieri. I just don't I think that's a, that's a, that's ridiculous. I know. What it's, are we coming to if we start naming our cities after uh, Flavor Town? That just sounds, can you imagine? Hey, uh, Greg, it's Sam. Um, I'm going to be buzzing in to Flavor Town International Airport. 
tomorrow and maybe you could stop down and <laughs> we could grab a bite at Nationwide Arena. I mean, how stupid would that sound? Uh, but the, the point of the matter is this. I said nothing against Guy at all. I have said on any number of occasions throughout the history of the show that while I don't think he belongs in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and that if I ever got in... He does not. Of course. He does not. That my first order of business upon my induction into the Barbecue Hall of Fame will be trying to figure out a way to get him out of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. No, but outside... part of your speech? Outside of wait, that... let me know. That, is that, wait, is that part of your speech? Let me hear it. Yes, of Ladies course. It's a great, great honor. Friend. I appreciate... I want you to know that I am not going back on my words... After starting tomorrow, when I get my, I don't know, whatever I get to get into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, my first order of action will be getting Guy Fieri removed from the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And the crowd will go crazy. And then the lady that just inter- uh, that sent me into the Hall of Fame will be like, uh, okay, and this is the uh, shortest time anybody has spent in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. He has now been roundly rejected out of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. But it just goes to show, I have said, I want to hang out with Guy. I like Guy. I like that he hosts. I like his energy. Uh, I would love to have yeah, beers with him. Too. I want to walk down the street with him. They're, he's magnetic. He's charismatic. I love everything about him. I hate the fact that he's in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. That's it. They're totally independent of each other. And the fact that I said you I'm should on, not name Columbus Flavortown just goes to show that people aren't listening. So this is what I'm saying. If you... You flatly I said, I don't it. know how to sharpen this knife. That guy didn't hear any of that. And then you start on the, right. the stone, and he's like, oh, look at this. Gets on the keyboard. Sam, you don't know how to sharpen that fucking knife. What are you doing? Well, you just told him you said you couldn't do that. But he doesn't care. You know, but but look, for people that don't know, I, I did a sharpening video. I showed people different ways of sharpening knives. There's the whetstone, right? It's It's... It's this thing, yes. and you're drawing the thing across. It's, it's very com- magical. It's complicated. Yes. And then there's and then there's this, this thing that that Gordon Ramsay uses the steel, yep. and that's you know it's okay. It's not nece- It's not as difficult as a whetstone, but it's doable for some people. And then there's the pull through. Yeah. And I use a pull through because it works for me. It's simple. It's inexpensive. It gives you a sharp knife every freaking time agreed and i know there's people out there that are just calling me all manner of name and i don't look anymore because it just hurts my my heart but i bet i'm not here for those assholes i'm here for people that are trying to figure out their food world they want it to be good they want a knife that's sharp on a regular basis and they don't want to have to figure out angles and dynamic and you know aerodynamics and shit like that yeah Ease, ease of uh, efficiency, right? I mean, this is what we're talking about. Let's make your life efficient. I'll give you some suggestions. You pick what works for you. What it is. Right? I mean, it's like anything. If it tastes good to you, then it tastes good. If you like to cook it this Does way, it then cook it that way. Whatever. I mean, come on. Outrageous. How's that knife selling, by the way? Oh, don't, don't start with the knife. What? Selling, it's selling too well. It's selling very... Too well? Very what does that mean? Too well. We're out and got new ones coming and oh are you back ordered is that what is that where we're at it's exactly where we're at hmm. because who knows how many knives do you order i never order a knife no i'm saying 
If you were going to sell a knife, you're oh. 200, you're 1,000, you're 5,000. How many do you get? Mm. And, and oh. then, you know, how are they going to sell Look, it? That's a good question. Let's let's delve into this a little bit because I happen to be a businessman. So uh, you're Sam the Cooking Guy. Oh, you're pretty, you're, I mean, you're definitely a regional celebrity. People see you across this great country in warehouse stores uh, doing, like, on the TVs and stuff. Um, you do some other things. You have... You know, I've probably been that for a while. When so you, no, they're not there, but go ahead. When this started to, yeah, but I mean, they, you've been exposed, whether they're there or not. People have seen you, so there's you're you're in the the periphery there. When the knife deal came together, where were you on the subscriber mark? Were you at a million already? Let's think about this. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So we started. We started selling the knife. Uh, January, I think. Yeah, that's January right. Beginning of the year, and they started coming. Okay, so I, yeah. I would imagine yeah. that uh, knowing that you were still on the uptick on YouTube, uh, and then this is just you know where I'm seeing the buy at. I would order five hundred thousand knives. <laughs> right, we didn't sell five hundred thousand knives. All right. I mean, th- I'm telling you, that's what I would order. So good. Oh, well, it's fantastic and i love your thinking yeah i'm so glad that you're not my uh purchasing manager do you know what kind of a deal we can get on manufacturing at five hundred thousand? dollars we're, <laughs> we're gonna be, be printing on the street right now if i had to shell out for five hundred we'd be printing money at this point for crying out we wouldn't be short no. we wouldn't be back no, ordered i can tell you that money. we'd oh. have to pay for the five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, so how many do you how many did you order on the first run? Why do I have to tell? Why do why does why do our conversations? Oh I didn't ask you how much money this. you made. I just want I ask it when people get into the rub business. They say you know how many they say I, I we did an initial run of fifteen cases. Was that secret? How many knives you make? What the fuck? We did. Uh... Uh, I don't know how many cases we did. I'm trying to think of how many. I have to fucking do na- math now for you. you I mean, you know how many now knives you ordered? Math. You know how many knives you ordered? I've tried to put it into cases. I don't need to tell you how many knives oh we've sold. I didn't ask you what the margin was. That's where you're going. No, I know what you're no. doing. Why? You never tell me anything anyway. Everybody fucking oh Cleveland like that. You're either chaining up young girls in your basement oh, or you're lighting our rivers on fire. Tell how much money they've made. LeBron James going to LA. COVID 19 is your fault. Mm. We've heard them all. It's, it's nothing to do with anything I'm saying. All right. Okay. Well, I figure we just might as well start throwing things on the dumpster fire. Why not? Should you and I have a should you and I have a conversation tomorrow <laughs> off air? No, I, I mean it's I don't really uh, I, I mean I'm always interested to see wh- uh, I'm yes, interested to learn from Howard Stern. I'm interested in not the high kidding. level. I'm not asking your money. I'm just wondering, okay, you you decided on a There's a very hold on a simple second. translation between how many knives and money it doesn't no, matter. Uh, no, there totally Sold is not. I, nobody has any idea what your buy on the knife is. That's where you know where your money is. Except I don't you, know how much you pay for it. People aren't stupid. Doesn't matter. So what are you embarrassed that you have that you that you have a successful product? We have a successful product. Yeah, so what? Who cares? Well, Do you think I care if you make money? I don't talk about Give this. Give a shit. Stuff. What? Who cares if you make money? You're allowed. I know I'm 
<laughs> Good night. Kill me, man. I think I'm sick next week. Next <laughs> month on the second Tuesday. <laughs> I'm I sick I forever. Have, I, have to, I have to do my hair next uh, second Tuesday. I'm busy taking a deuce. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, anyway. Let me just, wait. Let yeah. me just remind your audience. Yeah. We've never met okay. in person. Right. This is it. And we, if we have this kind of relationship, having never met, imagine if Ooh. we got into, if I came into your backyard with your 75 different uh, grilling, barbecue, cooking things. Do you want to ask Not me how much they cost? Food. I'll tell you. I don't want to ask that. <laughs> Try and make me look yeah. like you. Um, uh, how if I moved, You're very do, do you I think know, I know you? Do you think if I moved to uh, San Diego, not that I could afford it, but uh, hypothetically, if I moved out there and we were in fairly close proximity, we would probably have one of the most successful online shows, podcasts, or whatever. I think I think we would we would kill it live. We would be together. Yeah, we would hang out. I look. I've I've said this to kelly i've said this to max that i don't know greg other than this but i like him so much that i know that if we would hang out i, agree. I think that's a good thing yeah i agree i think i, I have learned over about- over time that uh you know there's I, i've met some people that i've only had this kind of a relationship with and the people that I've met in person, I don't think maybe one w- was a disappointment, but everybody else has been has either met or exceeded expectation live and in person. And I would I would bet seven hundred thousand dollars, which is what I make off of the show every year, that you would be you would sur- <laughs> you would surpass expectation live and in person. I There's no doubt. I don't know. That's okay. Let me tell you something. I'm outside right now. I have four percent of my computer left. Yes. We talked a long time. We're way over more time. More than we should have. Way over time. Let me just say this. Let me just end. Can I end with something? Go ahead. Your poor next door neighbor that you threw under the bus by posting a picture of him sound asleep in his oh. upright chair on July uh, 4th. Sam, let's make sure we're calling Dude, it what it is. He wasn't uh, asleep. That motherfucker was passed out. So that means not asleep, but a drunk? Yes. <laughs> neighbor. Oh, by the way, if neighbor Desmond was here, he would call himself out. I mean, he was passed out, period. Period. So funny. Did you see the ones with the girls My behind God. him making like the pictures the... of your daughters behind him making? <laughs> yeah. 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 You, oh, I saw yeah. that. Never, that's nothing that you want to do in the compound. I mean, the rule number one of the compound, don't pass out. And he is half of the compound. He passed out in the compound. So... Summarily, you were punished. Yeah. Here's my question: What time did he come over? He lives next door. I, okay. What yeah. time did he come over for July Fourth? Uh, we, I mean, we were outside by noon. Okay. And what time was that picture taken? Oh, that was probably around six. I mean, trust me, he had time in. Time? So, I mean, he had he had plenty of time yes. in. Yeah, he's a big uh, beer and. Cavassier guy and and whatever else he can get his hands on. So uh, I wasn't keeping track of what he was putting in himself, but it was obviously enough to way, enjoy a nap. <laughs> I have three percent left. By the way, a big beer, 
comma, Cavoisier, <laughs> comma, anything he can get his hands on guy. Yeah. Makes him sound like He's a he's a younger he's guy. Any bottle he can get. He's a younger guy, thirty three, I think, tops. So yeah, he's yeah. still got yeah. a, a little of that left in him. You know, he can get away with that. He probably wakes up the next day and was like, you know, I, I don't remember everything, but I feel pretty good. Let's start drinking again. You know, I I, I can't do he that. He lost a little bit of it that night. I, I would I would that would take me two weeks to recover from. Oh my God. All right, uh, look, Sam the Cooking Guy shows up here once a month, although that's in question going forward, given the conversation as we oh. end. And no, you can, it's not in question. Not? Oh, you're definitely, you're, then you're definitely out. No, you're definitely in. All right, definitely. Definitely in. Get over to YouTube if you're not subscribed and be part of the 2.02 million others that are subscribed watching his cooking videos that release Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll be a better cook for it. And come here on the first Tuesday of the month in the second hour, and you can check us out chatting about food and perhaps not food. Uh, none other than... And by the way, yeah. let me just say blah, blah, blah. I don't care what else you have to say. Let me say this. You say come here, yeah. and while it does mean come here, here is going to be a different spot next time. Yeah, this is it. Like I'm, I'm stringing it out because I don't really know what it's going to look like two weeks from now. I'm honored to be here. I'm going to guess it's going to not look too different. I have 2% left on my computer. I'm going to guess it's not going to look that different. I'm honored to be here on your last night. Closing it out. A barbecue central radio show right where you are. Sam, I am honored to have you close it out with me. And I always appreciate you coming on here. Enjoy the conversations. And we will talk soon. All right. There he is. Sam, the cooking guy right there. Closing it out. Closing it out. He said wear a mask. You heard it. Am I caught up here? No. Got one more. We're long tonight, folks, so if you're tuning in, come on. Hello, this is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Jenny Bell Ohio, ID right and here. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. All right, I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the most premier pellet cookers out there in the industry. Two lines to choose from, a choice line and a prime line. You got some extra fundage and you want to enjoy all the technical stuff that goes along with the prime line, like internal meat probes and Wi-Fi technology, some peek in windows on the main cooking chamber and on the pellet hopper. I think there are some lights in some of them now, too. Check those out. Uh, If you want to save a couple bucks and you don't need all that, uh, size-wise, they're all the same. Jim Bowie, Daniel Boone whether you get the Prime or the Choice, but Choice doesn't have the Wi-Fi or some of that other tech, so if you don't need it, that's fine. You can save a couple bucks and still have a great cooker. I have two Choice lines. I have a Prime ready to go over to the new house in a week's time. Also selling pellets and rubs and sausages. Just Google Green Mountain Grills or check out all the groups on social media. See how happy everybody is with theirs. And also, if you're going to get one, make sure you get the Uh, Green Mountain Grill pizza oven insert so you can take advantage of that. If you're looking for something that will travel to sporting events or tailgates or camping trips, you want to take a look at that Davy Crockett. It can actually plug into the 12-volt adapter in your car or the 12-volt outlet in your car. So you don't have to have that traditional uh, outlet plug that you would use otherwise. GreenMountainGrills.com is the website. Check it out, and we're back to wrap the show as we're 15 minutes long right now. 
So stick around and we'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. And this portion of the show being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet. Go to bbqnewsletter.com and sign up for that. It's a weekly publication that comes out Wednesdays, keeping you on top of what's going on in the world of the live fire, bbqnewsletter.com. All right, we thank Sam, the cooking guy, for joining me the last two segments. Plus, as we creep through the now into the third hour, it is uh, 15 past, so we'll go ahead and wrap from here. All the way back in the first hour, Malcolm Reed showed up, and we caught up with him. Then it was Mike McLeod. He really got this late ball rolling. We creeped over into the second hour with him as we talked World Food Championships, the final table, and how 2020 is going to look. He also mentioned that he bought the International Chili Federation or Association. Second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy. Programming note, as I had mentioned in the first hour, there will be no show next Tuesday live. We'll be moving that day literally. Tomorrow, we're breaking down the Barbecue Central Show studios. So we are ending an era here in Wycliffe, Ohio. With about five years here in this manufactured studio as I look around. Realize all the mistakes that I made as I was putting this together. Like painting all the walls green and having half my face go away from the green screen paint. That reflected on my face as we went live from the original studios the very first time sweating my ass off during the summer because I didn't think about any HVAC in this room. So we put in the split two years ago and it's made it much more tolerable. And soundproofed it and did a whole bunch of other cool stuff here. So we'll be sad to move out of this studio that I have created, my first studio. We have a lot of unfinished space to move to next Tuesday and we'll figure out how we set it up from there. So once again, no live show next Tuesday, but we'll be back in two weeks' time. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. And for the last time here in Wycliffe, Ohio, we're signing off. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe, saying good night now.